your boy Pat Young is here for another episode of The Young and the Rowdy. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Got another special guest today, another current player, uh, the new big man in town, as I, as, as I should say. Uh, before we get into that, um, please remember to subscribe. Um, you can find these videos on the field at 68mediaNetwork.com if you want to watch or if you want to continue to just listen on your drive in the gym, wherever it may be. Find us on Apple or Spotify podcast, wherever you're listening to this. Please share with your friends, share with uh, all the Gators you know. Give us a rating, please. Uh, I think so far we got about 72 ratings. They've been awesome. The reviews are awesome. Um, but besides that, let's get into this next episode. Uh, a new face to the Gators. I'll say that, but let's get into it. Let's go. It is time for this next episode. I'm with the new sheriff, the new big man in charge, Colin Castleton, the first year Gator that has come and made his presence known. What's going on, C? How you doing, my man? Good, good. I'm doing well. Doing well. You uh, you got a game today. Yeah. Missouri. Big game today, for sure. Big game. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have been looking really good. Um, you definitely uh, – <clears throat> Surprise, not say surprise. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you knew what you could bring to the table. Uh, but, you know, people didn't know really much about you after, you, you know, coming from Michigan and you weren't playing much there. That we, we didn't know, like, this guy was so, so good and just ready, that you were ready right away to, to come and contribute. But, uh, man, it's, it's been awesome seeing your passion and, and having another back-to-the-basket guy that's in there just giving defenses a problem both sides of the court. Um but what's going on, man? How you feeling? Good, good. I mean, I'm excited for this this month, really. March is, you know, it's special. So we're definitely excited. I know the team's excited, but uh, just happy where we're at. We got to keep working. Obviously, there's things we got to fix. But overall, I'm feeling good, confident, um, and just ready to keep this thing rolling for sure. Uh, I see behind you, man. You didn't. It seemed like you forgot to make your bed. Uh, no, nah, I just I woke up not too long ago. I slept in a little bit, so I had a meeting oh, earlier. But then, yeah, I, I didn't make it yet, so I'm gonna make oh, it. Leave to go to you know, they they say you know making your bed is is not just for the reason of like being clean, but it's a it's a great tool to trick. I say trick your brain. It's like to get a first your first win of the mm -hmm. day. Like yeah, you start the day, get that that one little task done. And somehow there's something in your brain that just helps you to continue to be productive through the rest of your day. So that's, a, yeah. that's the only reason I make my bed every day is because I want to have it. <laughs> I usually do it before I leave. Like when I, before I leave my like room and stuff, I'll clean it all up before I get out. So, but we have shoot around at like one or something. So I'll get it all fixed up. But yeah. Where, where are you living at? Uh, I live by like right next to the practice facility. So there's like those tennis courts. Um, okay. It's 75th uh southwest 23rd way so it's like through the back way of the practice facility there's like the tennis courts right there i live on that road basically that okay so you just cross the street from those tennis little practice uh the tennis courts you cross yeah. the street i'm that first house um the blue oh, house man. like a little blue house we weren't when i was with coach donovan man we weren't allowed to live off campus until my senior year so i was in yeah. my freshman year then keys for two years yeah and, uh yeah finally got to live it was great <laughs> That's how it was at Michigan. I had to stay in the dorms for my first two years. And then uh, at the time, Coach Beeline was able to decide if you were able to leave and stuff. And then when Coach Howard came, he, he made the rule the same, um, like whether you're allowed to stay or get off campus. So You got to be uh, enjoying this Florida weather. 
Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely definitely what I'm used to because I'm from Florida. So I mean, yeah. I'm used to the weather, the humidity, and and the heat. But uh, Michigan was definitely a a good change being able to like adjust to that because you never know where you're gonna move to in the future. So it definitely like prepared me for you know my future, whatever that's gonna be. You know, being able to adjust to the weather and stuff. Yeah, that's true. You know, I uh, I've been a Florida guy. You know, Florida. I'm from Jacksonville and. Um, and my whole adult life, as far as living in America, I've only lived in Florida, but I've been I've been overseas, bounced around, so I've got a chance to experience like living in different where you really truly experience four seasons, and like I'm I'm like, do I really want to ever go up north? Like I can't yeah. experience it, but yeah, you know I can't. I, did you see you saw what just happened in Texas? Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Out of nowhere too, it was random. Like nah, like I. It, I'm straight, like, and I, I'm, I was thinking about um, going to, to Austin, Texas, for a while, because uh, that's a really great city for uh, you know young, yeah. et cetera. But um, let's get into it. So you're from you're from Deland, yeah, Deland, Florida. It's like about 15 to 20 minutes out of Daytona Beach. Uh, so I lived there like my whole high school career, and then actually now my parents moved out near the water. We sold our house that was in Deland, and um, we live in Daytona Beach now. So I lived in Daytona Beach for a little bit while I was in high school. We moved um, from Deland to Daytona to be closer and stuff, but then I stayed mostly in Deland throughout my high school career. So you were you were born and raised in, in Deland for the most? No, actually, I'm I'm from South Florida, so I'm from Pembroke Pines, which is um, in in South Florida. It's you know it's by Fort Lauderdale, not too far from like Fort Lauderdale area around there, but. I'm from Pembroke Pines, so I was born and raised there until I was about, like, eight or nine. And then um, my stepdad, who lives with my mom now, and he's basically, like, a good father figure for me. He um, was in the military at the time, so he was in the Army. We moved around a couple places, like, from Miami to Georgia, and then from Georgia to where I'm at now, which was, um, like, the Daytona area. And then we moved back to Miami and then back to where we're at. So we just jumped around a little bit, um, but not really too far out of, like, just around the country. You stay, like, in the Southeast. Yeah, not too much. So how did, you know, we we're going to, on this podcast, uh, I just actually had your, your teammate, Scotty, on. I've been chasing him around for, for forever. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really awesome to get some time with him. Uh, you know, we on this podcast, it's just an opportunity for, you know, cur- current players and as well as uh, former players and coaches to, to get on and just share their journey. Um, uh, the fans get a chance to get to know you. Um, we don't just only talk about basketball, talk about just adversity you face, real life, you know, things you're going through and how you've overcome. Because, like, yes, you play basketball, but you're still a human being, you know. Yeah, sure. definitely. Goes through normal experiences. And, and a lot of times people don't, they see the highlights or they see all this other stuff, never really get a chance to get to hear from you as a man, as a kid, yeah. growing up, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive in. So, when did basketball start for you? You didn't come out the womb six foot eleven. Nah, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of funny. I didn't really start. Uh, short story. I didn't start taking basketball seriously until like going into my sophomore year of high school. I mean, I played when I was younger. I played um, a bunch of different sports like baseball, football, and basketball. And I was actually really good at, at baseball. I was pretty talented. I played pitcher. Um, I loved baseball. That was like my favorite sport. Cause my my biological father he got drafted into the MLB. Um, back in the 80s so he was super big on baseball when I was younger um, and then I threw my shoulder out uh, like injured it really bad um, I didn't have to do surgery or anything because I was like young I kind of just didn't really care about it and I was like I'll just play another sport so then I started playing basketball and like rec leagues and stuff yeah. my mom would let me play for fun and whatever and I was still playing football and I actually liked football a lot more I wasn't really 
Yeah, I played quarterback, so, you know, I'm tall and lanky. So I couldn't really play any other position, you know, because if I did, I was going to get rocked. But I just played I just played quarterback when I was younger. Um, and I didn't play in high school. But when I got to high school, um, freshman year, I was on JV, actually. I was like 6'4". Uh, I, was, I was decent. I was, I was a little skilled because I worked out and stuff a lot. But I wasn't nearly as good as I was going to be. Um, and then that summer, I really started taking basketball serious. I started watching, like, highlights and stuff and I really started loving the game and I realized that and I was like you know maybe this is something I can you know be pretty good at and then I grew my freshman summer going into sophomore year high school I grew about four and a half inches so I, I went into the summer six four going into sophomore year high school I was like almost six nine yeah. so I grew a lot that summer and then played on varsity the rest of my high school career and then just gradually grew a little by little um a couple inches here and then um, just started fell in love with the game, and it kind of just took off from there. So I would say I really started taking basketball serious probably going into my sophomore year that summer, my freshman summer. But I started playing basketball when I was probably like in sixth grade uh, just for fun. I'm, I got I to gotta pause for a second to, to all my parents that are listening. Your kid can still have fun playing sports up until oh, high sure. school. You don't have to be so serious. And look, because look at you. I mean, of course, yeah. not everyone come out to be as tall as Colin is. Yeah, definitely. Just understand, at parents, let your kids still enjoy it. Let them have fun. They can get better. If they don't have the passion, don't push them too hard. But, of course, if they say they want to do it, hold them accountable. Help them become better. But, like, don't take the joy away from the game because it's just a game yeah. at the end of the day. Anyway, sure. right, back to the show. So you uh, you started taking it more seriously coming coming into your sophomore year, and I mean obviously it turned out really well because you were you, you correct me if I'm wrong seven A player of the year. Yeah, I was uh, seven A player of the year in in Florida. Uh, I was like McDonald's All American finalist, and then um, I was like in the running for Mr. Basketball. I was like top five or something like that. Um, there were some pretty good players my senior year. It was actually like I think three or four guys in that class that are already in the NBA. Um, but it was a pretty good class, actually, my senior year of high school for Florida basketball. So, Yeah, I think in my my class, I think Brandon Knight um, ended up winning Mr. Basketball. We I, I ended up winning State because I went to Providence. I transferred my senior year. But even though I had a, I had a really good season, there was no no chance. Brandon Knight was averaging like 45 a game. Oh, yeah. I played on his uh, – I actually played on his AU team. My going into my senior year, the last uh, uh, circuit, which was Adidas circuit, um, junior summer, I played on uh, team night, which was Adidas. So I played on his uh, AU team. Those fun facts. So how did your how did your recruiting process go through? Because you being that means you you were kind of a late bloomer. It probably wasn't too yeah. hard for you to get spotted because you were you know you looking at your intangibles, your size. Um, and then people started to see your skill work. I'm sure it kind of probably just hit you like a storm. Yeah. Where, uh, your letters, calls, all that crazy stuff just yeah. happened out of nowhere. It probably had to be a little overwhelming at first. Yeah, definitely. I think um, um, it definitely changed over time because like my sophomore year, I had a lot of smaller schools interested. Um, and like I just didn't know how the recruiting process went. I know a lot of kids who like went through it, but I just never – went through like that type of process with phone calls every single day. And then going into my junior year, I had a little bit of high major interest. And then that summer is really when it took off. I got like um, probably like 20 high major offers in that summer. Uh, and like there was literally every day, probably a couple hours where I 
couldn't put my phone down. I was getting text calls all day long and just talking to coaches, interacting and stuff like that. Um, and I remember after like one AU game, because I played Zion Williamson, my first AU game with Team Knight. I got like six or seven high major offers within the hour after that game. So like I was just sitting on my phone and like six or seven random coaches. Nah, nah, I just had a decent game. I had almost like a double-double, like 15 and 10, I think I almost had with a couple blocks. And I just had like a bunch of offers after their game. So it was definitely surprising, but um, it was definitely humbling. I enjoyed the process a lot, but I ended up going with Michigan after uh, beginning of my senior year. I took three officials. I actually went to Florida here. Uh, Illinois and then Michigan. So then I ended up going to Michigan uh, out of high school. How did, you know, your family along the way of, uh, you know, the whole process and when they see that, that you're taking basketball serious and you start getting offers, you know, at, you know your mom and dad's perspective and, and their role, because that's, it is overwhelming. Cause, you know, my, yeah. my dad played football. Uh, my mom's not an athlete at all. They didn't really know much about the recruit. They kind of were, you know, we, they, they helped me with my visits and uh, look things here and there, but they weren't really extremely involved in the process because they, you know, they didn't know what to do or what to say or how to, how to pursue it. They knew I loved, yeah. I grew up loving Florida. Um, so it, they obviously weren't surprised. That's where I, you know, one, I, I ended up committing after my sophomore year. But how, how was that process for yeah. you? I definitely, uh, what you said about your parents, stuff, that definitely resonated as well. My parents never really went through recruiting process either. They didn't really know how, how it like, would be handled at first. So that first summer when I was getting a lot of interest, they kind of were just taking a back step, kind of just letting it all play out, letting my AU coaches help me because they've been through it. Um, and then, you know, around my junior summer, senior year, they started getting the gist of it. They could tell how coaches were. You know, they knew what questions to ask and, um, what to, to find in a school and all the, the check marks that I needed to be um, checked off when I wanted to decide to go to a school. So um, they were definitely interactive throughout the process. They did a lot of their research for me, uh, like when I didn't have the time to you know look at certain schools and uh, what they brought to the table. So they definitely helped me with that. Um, and, and my mom was the main one who would talk to the, most of the coaches. Um, but, you know, they were a little bit involved, but they definitely let me kind of control it as much as possible and, and ultimately, obviously, decide where I wanted to go. But um, they didn't know what to do at first, but they definitely over time, you know, understood how like everything worked. How did, how did you guys, uh, you know, in the process, because you said it came down to Florida, Michigan, and Illinois, right? Your, your top three. Yeah. yeah. How, did, how did you guys all decide that, you know, Michigan was where you saw the best fit for your future with Coach Beeline? And yeah. Time. How, how, did, how did that decision come to be made? Well, at the time, um, coming out of high school, too, I wanted just – um, I thought being able to go a little bit away from home would help me grow a lot, uh, mature as a person, because I was always in Florida. Um, and I thought being able to, you know, maybe take myself a little bit away from home would not worry about distractions or, you know, people being in my ear all the time. And it definitely helped. You know, I definitely grew a lot, matured tremendously as a person over the last couple of years. Um, so I definitely think that played a big part. Um, also, Coach Beeline and the relationship he had with my parents and stuff, you know, definitely hit home for me being able to have a coach that, you know, trusted me and saw a future for me um, and had like a plan set for me over a couple of years of college uh, that definitely struck out to me. And then academic wise, Michigan was top notch at all the schools I had. So that definitely played a part um, um, yeah. in my decision. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh, you know, that that's part of the growing process. It's, it's you know, it's not that it's a, a bad decision. That's that's part of your that was part of your journey of. Yeah. Uh, you be being able to become the man that you are now and uh, the player that you are now that it just things just it just 
didn't work out in that same way. You still got to experience going away from home. Yeah. And, and it's, it's below degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely makes you grow up and mature. You got to realize you can't just walk outside with a T-shirt on. You got to put some 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 clothes on and a coat and stuff before you walk outside because it'll wake you up quick. Yeah. Shovel any snow? Did you uh, have to snow? No, I'd have to shovel any because I was staying in the dorm, but I would walk through it. I would have to put on a big pair of shoes or boots or whatever, and I would just you know, just walk through the whole pile of snow and slush or whatever it is. You still got to go to class, so. Did, did they, I feel like if you live up north like that, you, the school has to, they have to give you boots. You shouldn't have to buy your boots. Yeah, like we got, we got, uh, the team got some retro boots. Being Jordan and stuff, they got, we got some retro boots that were pretty nice. So those well, definitely helped a lot. Were they like weather, weatherproof, walking through snow? Yeah, they were, they were like, um, like real boots. I guess Jordan, like Jumpman came out with a new, like, track on the bottom of the shoe and it was like real weather boots like they were pretty heavy duty boots um but they were just like retro boots so they were actually pretty good sure okay yeah i was gonna say dang they gonna make my man he's been in florida his whole, he don't even know the right boots to get yeah nah they definitely they definitely took care of people for sure they we, we definitely got treated the right way for sure that's what's up so um you know what going in going into michigan um coming out being highly recruited what were your expectations um, as a freshman, you know, you know your relationship with Coach Beeline. Obviously, he, he's it's different when you're getting recruited to when you actually get there. You finally get a chance to see how you're being coached and yeah. how the and, and just how the program really is because you're finally immersed in the program. And Scotty Scotty was talking about it how uh, just at the beginning when he got to Florida, he just he didn't necessarily have that humility um, and and kind of thinking that he had all the answers or just like not seeing how coach coach white has his best interest for him because he's you know coach white's older he's been doing basketball longer he's he's seen people succeed and go to the next level but sometimes we all that as coach nick saban would say all that poison that yeah. you get from recruiting from people in your ear telling you you're this you're that you're going to be that they that stuff can get in the way and affect your expectations of how mm -hmm. like hey i'm a freshman i need to treat this as though i know nothing and whatever they say I'm going to do, I'm going to do it hard. I'm going to do it. And if I mess up, yes, sir. All right, I'm going to do it better and I'm going to do yeah. it hard. You know? So what was what was it like, you know, your expectations coming into yeah. Um, I think my overall expectations were just, um, honestly, I was really open going into my college career. I knew um, I needed development. I needed growth. So I wasn't really too shocked when, you know, I didn't get as many opportunities um, as other people would. But obviously as a basketball player, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of sucks when you're not out there being able to compete and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, you know, you definitely want to realize, like, you know, what's going on, what the problem is. But I definitely took it as like a developmental year, my freshman year and stuff like that, and just tried to learn as best as I could. I worked on myself as much as possible. And yeah. Coach B was big on like self-growth and, and improving your mindset and how you, you know, really focus on basketball and everything that leads up to, you know, how you perform. It's not just showing up to practice 20 minutes early and then just playing well like that doesn't happen that, that, that much it doesn't happen that, at all so um being able to like learn from the older guys who were there for a couple of years definitely helped me a lot they took me under my wing but um going into college I obviously had some type of expectations you know I have people that tell me you know like you know at the end of the day you said there's some poison that people tell you oh you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and you you don't really know what's gonna happen you know you think like oh it's gonna be all sunshine and rainbows but it's not how it is college is a different breed it's the next level um, everybody's bigger, stronger, um, yeah. skilled and more skilled than you are. So you got to be able to just 
uh, work every day. And that's really what I think I learned my freshman year was just learning how to, you know, work hard and, and really take, you know, take it serious. Because in high school, you know, you think you take basketball serious, but you, most guys don't know truly what working hard is. Like, you know, they make workouts every once in a while or show up to practice on time. But uh, being able to show up early, being able to get lifts in before practice, being able to do extra development, um, uh, watching film with coaches, that's definitely what I learned a lot. Um, and I think going into my sophomore year, I really grasped that well. And then now I just use it to my ability of being able to play more and try to be a leader on a team kind of shift gears as far as, you know, being an upperclassman. So yeah. uh, back to your question, though, going into high school, I definitely had some expectations, but they weren't as crazy as some of these other guys going into, into college, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, can, it can be difficult because people think they know what hard work is. Oh, I need to work hard. I need to work hard. Working hard is the entry level to anything you want to really achieve. You know, that's Always. the yeah. You can't achieve anything if your mindset is like I need to work hard I need to have discipline I need to I need to push myself in my uh like out of my comfort zone you have to if, mm -hmm. if you want to grow if you're going to challenge yourself I mean you can even say that if, if you you by pushing you put yourself out of your comfort zone by going to Michigan yeah you know, that gave you a great chance to grow and and yeah that stuff it takes a long time it can take a long time for someone to figure that out it took me a while to figure that out man I thought I had all the answers um as far as like how what how even you know I don't know why I had like this bad attitude when it came to like receiving criticism because it, yeah. it, it was the way I perceived it mm -hmm. like back against my they were they were attacking me and telling me yeah. I'm not for what and it's no like you, it's usually you know your dad or a coach they're criticizing or striving striving to correct something because they want you to excel and be the best exactly. but if you don't get that if you don't get that it takes a long time to get that uh result you don't you don't like you said you can't just walk into practice 20 minutes or early and yeah. think i'm gonna have a great practice it might happen once it might happen yeah. twice. but to think you're gonna sustain that through the, through no. the whole season you know it, it it just it just doesn't happen like that it's that time of year again folks conference tournaments are tipping off Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the best teams in the country are gearing up for a deep run. Auto bids will be punched, slippers will be fit, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week, that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the app now and use the promo code FIELD68. When you sign up, scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on them to win, and cast $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is, where DraftKings Sportsbook is. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, that's code FIELD68. That's F-I-E-L-D-6-8 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, it must be 18 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problems? Sure. Uh, so, you know, your freshman year, obviously, uh, you, know, you, you didn't play. Not a lot of guys play a lot their freshman year. Um, and then when was it exactly coach was it after the season coach beeline, 
Um, yeah, so it was like a little bit after the season in the summer, uh, I decided to take the NBA job. And then we um, found out not too long after that Coach Howard was going to be coming. There was a little bit of a break, them in the hiring process and stuff like that. Um, and then Coach Howard decided to come to Michigan. And, and I was like, wow, this is a good opportunity. A guy who's been in my shoes, who came to the school I'm at, um, why not stay and, and, and learn a lot of things from him and, and, you know, really understand, you know, his mindset and what he went through yeah. as well as him being a first-year coach and learning the different um, techniques of coaching and stuff like that as a head coach on this level. What, what was it when, like, uh, you know, Coach Howard got there? Um, you know, I, you, you seem like an extremely humble and open-minded guy that yeah. – the, the silver lining on it all, like, yeah, you know, kind of sucks because that was the guy, Coach D-Line was the one that recruited me and brought me here. Wish he was going to stay, but you know what? I wish him the best for whatever step he goes. Yeah. Now, now it's time to focus on what's next for me. 100%. Coming in, is, repeating what you just said, 19 years in the NBA, et cetera, all this experience, so much success, won the NBA championship. Time for me, you know, what, what was it like with him, your interactions of uh, when – realizing he was your coach, your first interaction with him, getting coached yeah. throughout the whole year. What was that it like? Was it was definitely humbling, and, and uh, I cherished every moment with him, you know, being able to just, uh, like you said, back to what you said about being coachable. Everything he said, I just, you know, went through one in one uh, went in one ear and it stayed there. You know, a lot of guys, you know, I go through one ear and come right out, and they're just like, man, coach, whatever, this, da-da-da, or wouldn't care. You know, like, even though I wasn't playing as much as I, you know, you know thought myself would play my sophomore year, I still took it as a, an opportunity to learn as much as possible. You know, at the end of the day, I still had four years of college. So that's my second year. Why not be positive about the situation I'm in and, and every day take it as, a, as a, a challenge to, you know, grow and get better as a person, but also like as a basketball player. Because at the end of the day, he's been through everything I've been through. He's yeah. telling me stuff that he's literally done. Uh, and he's, you know, his career is, is one and none. You know, he's been right. through everything. On the, on the basketball court and off the basketball court. So he knows the ins and outs. Um, and he's such a personable coach. So he, he taught me a lot with basketball and, you know, being able to approach the game. He was like, there's some games he played 30 minutes and the next game he didn't play for the next five games. He's like, but at the end of the day, how do you respond? How do you become a good teammate? How do you um, help, you know, your teammates out when they're doing well or when they're not doing well? He's like, at the end of the day, it's not about you as a person or a player. There's other things that go on to it. So I think I've really learned um, – you know, a lot of things under his under his wing, and he definitely helped me grow a lot. And I'm using those things um, this year in the position I'm in as well. Wow. Sometimes you got to go through a season of waiting. How do you how do you prepare yourself in a season of waiting? It's going to uh, you're gonna you're gonna either have fruit when that it's time like your time like it's better to be prepared for an opportunity than having an opportunity come and you're not prepared for it. And I think that is so amazing that you were able to stay humble and have that mindset. Cause I'm sure like, especially being, you know, 1920 at that time with under coach Howard, you wanted to play more. Yeah. And it's hard. It's human nature. You, you feel as though you went through the freshman year that you ready and wanted to play more, but yeah. Yeah, him, you know, him having that open communication and dialogue and that teaching mind attitude that had to help so much of you being like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I'm going to continue to prepare because my time is going to come. Yeah. You know, is, that, is, that, is that the approach that you took? Yeah, definitely. I think that's exactly, uh, you said it perfect. You hit it right on the head. I think that's exactly the approach I took. Um, and a lot of people, 
you know, I try to look at it as, as a different perspective. A lot of people, you know, look at transferring as like a negative thing or, you know, this kid is, has a bad attitude or whatever the case may be. But I try to take it as positive as possible. I look at my last two years at my previous school as a positive. I think there were so many things I did um, off the court, but on the court in practice, film sessions. There's so much stuff that I learned that I think I kind of just took in yeah. uh, that helped me succeed. Um you know, now where I'm at and being able to just use those tools I learned uh, to help myself grow as a player now where I'm at. Um, and people just think, you know, if somebody's not playing, it's because this and this. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's just not your time. At the end of the day, yeah. there's certain things that may be in place. There's guys ahead of you that deserve more opportunity. You got to just swallow that pride and understand, you know, I got to get better as a person, but I also got to get better as a player and just grow because when that time does come, you got to be ready because if you're not ready, then they're just going to look at you like, what were you doing when you weren't getting that opportunity? So I kind of just look at that as a positive. Yeah. Um, I don't really try to be as negative minded as, you know, yeah. some people may be. Um, I really cherish the opportunities I had in my last two years. So I try to just look yeah. at everything as a positive thing and just keep moving forward. That mindset you have isn't something you just get overnight. Yeah, for sure. Even human nature, human nature says, this isn't fair. This shouldn't be happening to me pity party it's his fault it's their fault yeah doesn't like me blah 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 the coach is that that like where did you where did that where's the the source of that that inspiration that positive mindset that optimism that how how i can grow how can i use the situation even though it might not be what i what i necessarily want i can still use this season this opportunity this time to get better to do like how how where did that come from yeah, uh, I think, like you said, my first year, it was harder because I was younger, you know, a little bit immature. I kind of just took it as like a, you know, dang, man, like they don't want me to do this. They don't, you know what I'm saying? And kind of took it a little negative. And then over the year, I grew up and realized, like, for instance, my freshman year, like after games, if I wouldn't play a lot, I would just go back to my dorm room and go to sleep or I'd go back to my dorm room and play video games. And then my sophomore year, every game we had, every single home game, I stayed after my home game and worked out for, depending on how much I played. So if I played a good amount of minutes, I wouldn't work out as long because my body would be tired to practice. But if I didn't play a lot, I would do a bunch of running after that game. I would get up and down in the practice facility and I'd do like a 45 minute workout probably with the manager just so I could stay ready and get my body going as if I were playing. So I kind of just switched that mindset to just, you know, Honestly, it was like driven internally, but also there was people that helped me. Definitely like my mom, uh, she was there with me through everything. Every game she called me, every practice I would talk to her and she would just keep motivating me. Nobody was really negative in my circle, um, even though I kept it really tight. I didn't really have many outside noises while I was at Michigan. I had a lot of people and I still keep it tight. I still keep, you know, the ones that are really close to me, uh, really close um, when I talk to them on the phone or whatever, because I know those are the ones that actually care about me and, and want me to do well and. Yeah. Um, just don't care about the accolades or whatever's on social media. They really truly care about me as a person. So I would say my mom, and my stepdad were definitely the ones who were there every single day. Like sometimes I would call her and FaceTime her and just, she would just watch me work out. Um, and, and so that was really, that was really big for me to just keep pushing. And I understood I had somebody who really cared about me and wanted me to do well. So. Man, that, I'm not gonna lie, man. That pumps me up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that, it just pumps me up because to have that discipline, that mindset, and I'm sure, you, you know, maybe you didn't do it every, but to, you did that consistently of yeah. like after games of like, and you, it, it, it shifted in your mind because it's no, people might see what you're doing now and be like, 
you know, surprise or whatever it may be. But those people that have been in your circle that have seen you in the dark, yeah, no. yeah. that you've been able to vent to when sometimes when you've been frustrated or whatever it may be, you've been able to, like, it's so sweet. I'm sure it's got to be so sweet for your parents and, and your friends yeah. to see how well you're doing after staying positive, you know, yeah. being able to support you through that. All. That's why it's so important having having a small circle and of people that you know love but before you're even a basketball player. They love you for who you are. They love yeah. you. Whether you stop playing basketball tomorrow, their love for you is not going to change. But they're with you in the dark. They're with you when 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 no one's seeing you. You know, you're not playing whatever it may be, because a lot of times kids only see the results. Yeah. Um, like you see Steph Curry being able to knock shots down from half court and they're like, oh, I can go do it. Like, no, Steph started under the basket. Yeah. Countless hundreds of thousands of shots that he took times in the gym, being frustrated, probably fighting with his dad or whatever it may be, get to, to get to that point. And, you know, that's the same, same thing for yourself. Uh, so like, you know, for you, and seeing how, you know, you go from averaging, uh, I got it right here, you know, your sophomore year, you were playing like eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, three, three points. points. Maybe three points to, you know, now this this year, your junior year, you're paying 25 minutes, averaging 13 points. Like, do you just like sit back and is it easy? Because the human nature can come in again and, and can, can combat you to say like, I made it. I did yeah. And of course, like yes, you you've achieved something great, but you know, does that is your hunger still remain? Like, I need to keep get, I need to keep getting better. I need to keep putting that work. You got to be smart about it because obviously you're you're playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, do you take a moment just to like pat yourself on the back to say like you know I'm proud of myself for remaining positive, but I need to continue to push myself because yeah. I'm aiming. I know I can be this great. I know I can be really good. Like, how do you uh, how do you handle your the success that you've had in this? Yeah. Season? I think hundred I think that's for sure true. Uh, I think just being able to, you know, I, I've realized like the position I'm in now and it's definitely humbling. I'm definitely, you know, happy for myself, but I'm still kind of in, I wouldn't want to say a state of shock, but like, it's just, it's happening so fast. Like, I feel like I just got to Florida. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. I forgot who I was, I think I was talking to Quez, my teammate yesterday. And I was just like, bro, we've already been here for almost like eight months. Like it feels like I just came to Florida in July. I was like, this is happening so quickly. So I don't think it'll fully all hit me until the end of the season, um, yeah. you know, and that depends on how far we go. So if we go pretty far, it'll be a crazy experience. But um, it still fully hasn't hit me yet that I'm doing what I'm doing. But I think I'm just living in the moment, not trying to think about all the outside noise and whatever's going on on social media or what other people are telling me. I kind of still, like I said, listen to my circle because my mom tells me my mom could I could have a great game and she'll be like, look you still got to work on this, this, and this. Like, don't get too ahead of yourself here because right. there, she was like, there were certain plays I saw you shouldn't have done what you did and you did it. And then she'll get on me about that stuff. And obviously the coaches, they do the same stuff. They don't, nobody's going to blow smoke. They're going to let you know, like, yeah. you know, we expect this from you now, you know, you've proven what you can do, but you know, we need you at this end of the season to to lead and, and be a teammate, not worry about yourself. So I think there were definitely instances where I kind of took a step back and was like, dang, man, like, it's crazy, like, because, like, I remember this time last year, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even getting a certain opportunity. And now, like, I was player of the week, and I was just like, dang, like, I definitely, you know, came a long way. But at the end of the day, there's still a long way to go to get to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Coach White sat down and talked to me. He told this to the media, I think, or something. But he was like, uh, after one of my player of the weeks, he was like, how to call him to success? And he was like, I'm not trying to get on him, but I don't think he handled it too well because I think, um, like, 
the game, the practice after my player of the week or something, I didn't have as good of a practice as I'm used to. And he was like, look, like, you know, it's cool. You got that. That's awesome. We're all raw, but you have a practice the next day. You got another game. Like you got to move on. You got to realize like, that's cool, but it's just an accolade. It doesn't help the team out at all. That's not going to help us win an SEC championship or win a certain amount of games. So you got to be able to move on. I think now um, being a little bit further in the season, I've realized that and understood like, you know, what that means and being able to have the recognition um, and just move on from it and be able to, you know, carry the momentum and, and help the team as a leader because I'm an upperclassman and we don't have any seniors. So right. we got to be able to teach the younger guys, you know, Absolutely, things. Man. Like you're, you're in the middle of the season. So it's kind of hard to like, to relax. You, you know, yeah. relax when the job's done, you know, relax. Sure. You know, you know what the goal is. You know what the mission is as a team that yeah. you're kind of focusing and locked in on when achieve like that's what's the, that's the aim anything else that comes along that's that's extra and it's great it's awesome to, to be able to, to to get acknowledged for what you're doing yeah. but you, know, you guys you know what your goal your goal is yeah. is, to, is to come away with a trophy and to make a great run in the tournament and, and, and you guys are starting to really look really good um so why did you you know in in deciding what what ultimately made you think you had to transfer or want to transfer and then um you know, how did Coach White and how did Florida come back on the radar for you to like, yeah, I know I need to go back home to Florida and, mm-hmm. and with Coach White and that's where I'm going to start things again. Yeah, well, when, when COVID hit, it was like super um, random. And I came home probably, we were at the Big Ten tournament. I came home a couple of days after that. I flew home because they shut, shut down the state of Michigan like a week after we got back from COVID, uh, the Big Ten tournament. And I came home. Um, and I was still working out and stuff like that. And I was still, you know, I didn't even have a think a thought of transferring yet. And I just, you know, sat down and talked to my family and really realized like, you know, what our priorities were with me moving forward. Um, and I just, you know, I, I really realized, you know, I got to cherish, you know, being closer to my family and giving them an opportunity to see me play all the time because they've sacrificed so much for me as a player. They put so much time and effort into, you know, me becoming what I was, where I was at and stuff like that. I feel like I kind of just, little bit had to pay it back a little bit like you know being able to be closer to home um it didn't have to be in florida it had to be somewhere near home just to be able to let my parents come see me and and be closer to them and um not a lot of people know this because it's something you kind of just keep to yourself but i I went through a lot of stuff mentally while i was at michigan um i think i just you know my head was it was good on the basketball court but you only can like numb certain things for so long when you're playing basketball and you know mental health is like a really big thing so i think just being able to be close to my family Close to my friends, it definitely helped me um, restore my confidence and, and my love for the game a lot. Even though it was pretty high, I think right now I've never loved basketball more. And it's easy to say that because I'm doing well and succeeding, but um, it's not even that. Even if I wasn't succeeding or doing what I'm doing, I just have such a love for the game now that, you know, working out every day. Um, but ultimately transferring, just being close to home, that was probably the biggest thing. And then when I decided to transfer, um, Coach White, you know, he hit me up. I still had his number saved. He had my number saved because we were really close in high school during the recruiting process. And he was like, he was like, I was just looking and I saw you were available. He's like, I had to text you right away. He's like, I couldn't wait at all. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, he was like, I watched your film and stuff. We got stuff we can work on, but I want you to, you know, become a Gator and stuff like that. And I, I definitely realized there was something I wanted to do after I, you know, kept talking to the coaches and we were doing Zoom calls. So, I ultimately ended up coming here and, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for his op- the opportunity he gave me. And, um, you know, I definitely like coach white a lot and he's a great yeah. coach. He helps me out every day. He's definitely a, a really good coach. So. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love coach white. And uh, yeah, what you, you said on the, on the 
side of mental health and being close to your family, you know, uh, being able to Zoom and FaceTime and whatever it may be can only, you know, go so far. Sometimes you need a physical hug. You need a physical yeah. see and, and uh, look some, look your family in the eye. So, uh, you know, I, I fortunately was able to, to, to go to Florida and my, from being from Jacksonville, my family was able to come to yeah. every game. My grandparents, yep. my grandparents really are the reason that I ended up coming to Florida. They were season ticket holder uh, football fan since like 92 or something like that. And, uh, you know, just when I sit back and think about how much of a blessing it had to be for them that their grandson uh, went to Florida and played basketball there, like something they probably never imagined. Like uh, yeah. it, it, it's so, it's so cool. But, uh, you know, obviously COVID <laughs> affected a lot of things and the, the pandemic uh, and you're coming into Florida as a new guy. Um, but there were some silver linings and because you guys had to, you spent a lot of time together when you, when you got there. Right. And we're able yeah. to, really, I'm not sure how much you guys were able to practice. And um, I know that the facility got shut down because I was, I was in Gainesville January and February of 2020. Um, and then, cause I was with Eric Murphy uh, yeah. we were and it, everything got shut down and I'm not sure what, what the, when, when did you get to Gainesville? Uh, well, we were originally supposed to come in June and then coach white pushed it back a month. He wanted to make sure everybody was good. Like you said, mentally and yeah. everybody ready to just come full force when we got here. So we got here, uh, July, it was like a little bit later in July. Um, and I've been here ever since, obviously, but we got here in, in July of last summer. Okay. And, you know, things were so different with the process and, and um, not being able to like have class in person and just like having a normal college life. Cause you know, you got to have a life outside of basketball. (laughs) I try to tell my teammates or guys like, Hey, make some friends that aren't basketball players. Definitely. Go and like experience different things. But you know, that wasn't really the case you you could have so much as, as this year. Uh, going into the season and I think that really kind of hurt Kentucky uh because they brought you know they bring in so many freshmen and they didn't get to get to have a full summer to, to try to mesh together and figure things yeah. out so I think it, it, it was really hard for them when the season came as we can yeah. see I can't say I'm losing sleep over the Kentucky Wildcats not having 10 wins this year yeah <laughs> definitely yeah. I, I hope there's some Wildcats listening and they give me a bad review, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, what what were you what did you guys do um to prepare and, and to get close, you know, being a, a a rookie coming to or a new guy coming to to Florida and how did you mesh with the guys? Yeah, I think um at first it was a little weird cuz I'm so used to being in person and and being able to, you know, dab teammates up or get to know guys and you know, get to know who they are. But I think Coach White and the coaching staff did a great job. We did um, we did Zoom calls like almost every day. We were on Zoom almost every day, if not definitely every other day. He was he was on it every day, texting our group chat. And we did like, it sounds like childish, but we did like little um, activities to get to know each other. Like we all had a, notepad, a notebook and a pen and we would write down everybody, where they're from, their hometown, family, siblings, all that stuff, what they like, what they don't like just to try to get to know everybody and who they are as a person. And then, you know, when you're on the phone with somebody every day, even though it's not person, you can still kind of get to know how they are as a person. Like the guys who don't talk as much or the guys who are super outgoing, um, the guys who are the, the funny guys who blurt out and say stuff like that. So being able to just get to know everybody on the team, that definitely helped um, for when I got here, kind of just felt like I was already on the team. It felt like it was just normal. 
and we were just working out, you know, being able to just be with them um, helped build that relationship. But I think over the uh, summer before we got here, doing those Zoom calls for like that month or two month period uh, helped us grow and get a little bit more connected um, as if we um, were together in person. Wow. Yeah, I, I got to imagine that, uh, you know, because that's something you guys are doing every day. You probably had something to really look forward to, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Being able to just work out and then, um, like, being able to meet with the guys definitely helped my routine. I had, like, a routine every day, even though it was COVID. Like, you know, you can't really go anywhere, so you got to have a routine. You can either just sit there and be lazy or you can, you know, take it positively. So just right. I was working out every day, getting my work, two workouts in a day, and then looking forward to our team Zoom calls um, and just getting to know everybody. Yeah. So getting to the start of the season, Colin, uh, you guys are projected to, for things to go really well. Um, and then, you know, we don't have to obviously don't want to get into details because, you know, we want to be sensitive to everything that's happened with Keontae. Uh, but goodness gracious, man, that everything that happened to him going through that. I mean, first, the moment of, of when he actually collapsed on the court, you know, I, I can't. Good. I, I instantly thought of Hank Gathers, um, if you remember him. Um, yeah. He passed away on the court. Um, gosh, the, things just, the perspective on life just changes in that moment so much Completely. more. You don't give a damn about basketball at that point. You want you want the guy that, especially since you know him so well as your teammate, him to do well. Uh, and, and, you know, as, as a team, um, you know, how did, how did you guys handle or, or you know, your emotions in, in that um, the vulnerability of seeing your brother just collapse and not knowing what's what's going to happen like how did you guys handle all of that stuff yeah I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie it was it was definitely rough uh, I've never seen anything like that in my life I was I was kind of just in shock because I actually wasn't I got just got subbed out so I was we were in our timeout and they were coming out the timeout I was walking towards the bench to sit down and they were obviously walking next to him. And then I just heard this loud bang. And I was just like, at first I didn't, I thought it was maybe something going on up top by the, you know, concessions or something. So I didn't look right away. And I heard one of our teammates say like, Oh my God, what the heck? And then like, I turned around and I see it. And I was just like, dang, like I kind of just got in a state of shock. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. And we were all just like, like what's going on. But, um, like we were just, it was really, it was really eye-opening and, and and definitely the most humbling thing I've been through in my whole life, you know, just to see, uh, you know, his perspective and, and how well he's doing now um, compared to what happened, you know, it's just, it's such a humbling thing to go through. Like if you were there, you understand like how it feels like just everything you do now and the rest of your life, you just take it for granted because you never know what actually can, can happen to somebody or can happen to yourself and it sounds you know like whatever what anybody would say but it's it's really true like being able to go through something like that it's definitely traumatizing and it definitely um will stick with you for a long time even if you're doing better but um it definitely you know helps you realize this life we have isn't isn't always so perfect or isn't always going to go the way we want or uh, might not be as long as you think it is so why 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 be negative just cherish everything you have and being able to see Keontae come to practice every day with a smile on his face just giving me hope and motivation for myself because like you know why should I have attitude why should I be negative coming to the gym why should I be complaining about x's and o's or this and that when this guy um had so much going for him and it just got completely shut down out of nowhere so like you know being able to just see him be positive and 
and help us coaching. And he gives me tips all the time. Like he'll tell me, you know, things he's been through on the court. And he tells me like, yo, man, like you're good. We keep doing this, let the game come to you. And he just talks me through the games and stuff like that. And, and it definitely gives me a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, even though I already have one, it gives me another chip. So it just makes yeah. me want to go a little bit more harder, being able to just see that, you know, he wants to be out there just as bad as we do, if not more, because, you know, he's he's fighting through that. Um, but, you know, yeah. the overall experience was definitely crazy, but it's definitely humbling, I would say. That's the biggest oh. thing. It, it humbles you a lot. And um, I think everybody on the team realizes that everybody in that gym you know, know what knows what went down and it definitely opened a lot of eyes for everybody. I highly recommend um, you, if you get a chance to listen to I Am Athlete podcast, it's got uh, Fred Taylor, Brandon Marshall, um, Ocho Cinco, and uh, oh, okay. all, all from, you know, they talk about a bunch of things. And, and I was actually listening to them last night and um, they were actually talking about on an episode of vulnerability and like, why, why as men, you know, do we have to be macho and tough? And like, why don't we talk to each other about, because we all have an expiration date. We all do. Yeah. When, when something like that, you see that happen to your brother or anyone close to you, uh, you you take the, the chance to look at your own morality, mortality, I should say. Um, so I, I, I highly recommend that, um, that you give it a listen. Yeah, they talk about a lot of other topics, but that just really st stuck with me. And I was like, man, you know, a lot of things don't matter in that moment. A lot of things, you know, you realize basketball is literally just a game. And it is so awesome um, seeing that Keontae is in, in, in this time doing okay and just, like, being able to carry. Because I, I guarantee, you know, he's, he's just got to be so grateful and thankful to, to still yeah. be guys and be able to, to coach and be around the team and really praying that he's going to be clear to play again one day uh, and being, being able to be a, wear that Gator uniform. But man, yeah, that's 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 awesome that you guys have been able to have that perspective. And, I'm, and I know you guys are playing for them. You know, that's you guys. Yeah. This, this Gator team from from you know the last two years is going through the most adversity probably any any team has ever gone through. Yeah, you know, Scott, yeah. Scott got COVID in the middle of the season as well. Um, you've had other players get COVID. Anthony Theroux yeah. had it as well. Um, so the fact that you guys have continued to write your own story and and use what's happened as motivation to not pout, to not point fingers, to, to understand that, you know, this, this things can happen like this in life because outside of, yeah, outside of basketball, stuff like this can happen, you know, knock on wood. I hope we don't have, ever have to, you know, get a phone, a phone call that we don't want to get, but you know, that's the reality. Like I said, everyone mm -hmm. has an expiration date, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm really, uh, so glad to see how you guys have handled everything, man. Um, moving forward and your your leadership, um, especially working with Big O. I knew, yeah. I knew O needed O needed another guy to help him grow yeah. up a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he's got the he's so long, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's crazy. He's athletic as heck, man. Stuff he does, I'll be like, dang. Some of the stuff he does, but it's like you know, after watching with his freshman year, I was like, man, he just needs to mature a little bit more and. You know, having someone like you that can show him the ropes of what he needs, and even Jason as well, of like that consistency, the attitude. The yeah. Bro, you're, you exhibit a pro professional better than a lot of guys that I've played with. Yeah. You know, with your mindset, because when you when you become a pro, um, especially if you play overseas, a lot of times you're not getting no explanation. You're not getting a coach that's sitting down yeah. and talking to you and saying this and that. 
it's usually you're getting fined or you just don't play and you, you know, just, you just got to show up and yeah. stay ready. Cause if you don't stay ready, uh, you get fined or you get cut. And if you get cut, you're not getting paid and you're playing yeah. for this point to get paid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So see, I know you, uh, you got, um, you know, the season is coming here to a close. Uh, you guys are moving. We got a game tonight, actually. This will, this episode will probably air next week. Um, you know, wishing you the best. Wishing Coach White, if, if he hears this, know his birthday was yesterday. Scotty's birthday is coming yeah. up. Uh, when's your birthday? Uh, May twenty fifth. So I'm oh, twenty. So I'll be I'll be twenty one in May. Finally be legal. Finally be yeah, legal. Yeah, I'm still a little young, but I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll get there. Yeah, it's, it's all good. But um, I guess the last thing I, I want to ask you um, before I let you go and, and get ready is uh. Ah, man, what was the last thing I want to ask you? I asked, I asked Scotty this, but I want to, yeah. How do you want to be remembered? As in what, like, aspect, as far as Florida or just in general, like, in general? In general, in general. As, man, as, as a man, how do you want to be remembered? I would say the main thing I try to base myself off of and pride myself off of would just be, I just want to impact as many people as possible. Like, not even basketball. Like, I... Basketball definitely will be, uh, I guess, say like a, a building block to help me, uh, like make a name for myself and help um, like people, you know, recognize me as a basketball player. But I think just being able to just, you know, change a lot of people's lives. Uh, like if I make it to the NBA or, you know, play professional basketball, I want to be able to donate a lot of money to um, homeless shelters. And, I, and when I make it, I have like this thing I'm working on right now. I don't know for sure how it's going to work out, but me and my mom have talked about it a lot. I want to make like a, a whole homeless shelter after my name and stuff like that. Um, so I just really want to change people's lives that are uh, going through a lot. And I think just being able to impact those people as, as much as possible that one day they can say, you know, like Colin Hot Castleton really helped me, um, you know, change my life and help get to where I'm at now, no matter what the case may be. But yeah. just, I just really, I know it sounds broad, but I don't really know exactly yet because I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still really young. I think, right now or what I would want to do for my future and uh, be remembered would just be somebody that super positive. Everybody could, you know, make, I can make anybody laugh. Uh, you know, I don't bring any type of negative vibes. Um, I see that. Be a positive person. Try to make, uh, if a room was boring, I'm going to come in there and make it uplifted and, and, and happy as possible. But like I said, back to what I said, just being able to change somebody's life. I really want to be able to, you know, change somebody's life by the time I, I, uh, you know, by the time I move on from this life, but that'll probably be the biggest thing. And then just um, as far as basketball, yeah, just, you know, teach as many people as, as stuff, all the stuff I've been through and help them, um, you know, use that to their advantage. So, Well, man, I, I, I'll tell you, man, just uh, through the 20 years that you've been on this earth so far, you know, you, you definitely have a great story. Appreciate um, it. The, the parts that you, you've been able to share. I think a, mis a mistake sometimes people make is thinking they have to wait to get somewhere to be who they want to be. You can, you, yeah. can be, you are being that guy, but continue to be that guy right now. Be that giver, be that person. I got that you. You, yeah. you. In the small, you know, be, be a good steward with what you have in the little. Yeah. And, you know, don't wait till, till later. Cause like we said, you know, life, life is yeah. so in all types of curves. It's not linear. We, we, we all wish that it was, but yeah, each and every day, how can I impact this room? How can I bring energy? How can I put a smile on this person's face? How can I keep my eyes open to see who who seems like they're doing bad today? Can I can yeah. I put a smile on their face? Can I 
Exactly. You know, I intentionally open the door for these pe these people or, or whatever it may be. You know, those small things can go a long way because we never know what someone's going through. But man, I'm 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 I can't wait to watch the game tonight, man. I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. Uh, I'm I'm freaking pumped. I can't wait to see what you guys do with the rest of the season, man. It's it's, it's been an honor having you on. Um, Same here. Same here. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link uh, so you can go ahead and share this. Send this over to your family when this gets uh, edited. All right. Gonna come up next week. I'll let you. I'll get all that stuff to you. But uh, thank cool. you so much for your time, man. This, this yeah, bro. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, I've heard a lot of bachelors since I've been here. So definitely, you know, your career here was great, and I uh, watched some highlights and stuff. You were a beast when you're here for sure. So I try to bring some of that passion as well because I know a lot of fans. You know, they they like you know big guys who are passionate and stuff like that. And I think you were you were somebody who definitely models that and um so i'm trying to just do as much as possible but i appreciate you having me on here sure absolutely. good to get to know you absolutely absolutely man leave that leave the legend of colin castleton at, at uf man i can't wait to i got you for sure do with the rest of your career 100 percent. yes sir i'll catch you later right, brother. Man. appreciate it i'll see you would you look at that two back-to-back -back episodes of the current florida basketball team scotty lewis was last week and this episode was Colin Castleton, such a great, humble uh, spirit, someone that just embodies how we should all look at life, continue to keep our eyes on the positive things, pushing through in seasons when things don't seem like they're fair or whatever it may be. I really, really love that episode, really getting a chance to, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know all these guys that I interview super well, so it's a great opportunity for me to do this for myself selfishly and for you guys as the fans. So if you like the episode, would you please share it? Would you please get this to your friends, your family, uh, other Gator fans that might enjoy this? We're in March. It's March Madness, baby. It's March Madness, baby! If you know what I'm saying. I, I don't know why I went there. Whatever. Anyways, guys, thank you again so much um, for listening. Thank you again to the Field of 68 Media Network for making all of this possible. Everyone, March Madness is here. Gator Nation, we're about to rock it up. We're about to go crazy in the SEC tournament. We're about to go crazy in the NCAA tournament. Let's just do one thing. Stay rowdy.